Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to another episode of Telling You Like It Is, brought to you by What's Your F and Binge, sponsored by Anchor and Spotify, and partnering with the InfoWars Network. We have a lot to talk about today. We have a lot of things to cover. Today marks the one-year anniversary of something being said in the media by our president and vice president that is still pertinent today. We have a lot more to talk about after that. Whenever I come back, we're going to talk about one year ago today with Biden running for president before he was actually elected. for what he is, an absolute psychopath. We've learned of how he directed experiments at the NIAID in which beagles had their vocal cords removed and their heads enclosed in cages where sand fleas ate them alive. And we've learned of how he fraudulently used PCR tests to illegitimately push a known deadly drug upon tens of thousands of people. And many are now learning that in 1992, under the direction of Anthony Fauci, the NIAID funded drug trials on HIV-positive children. Although many of the children were healthy and asymptomatic, they had merely tested positive via faulty PCR tests administered through New York's Child Welfare Department, who then handed them over to the deadly experiments. Most of the drugs being tested on the children were already known to cause deformities, organ failure, brain damage, 
and other lethal side effects. And yet, the children were required to continue with the drugs regardless of negative side effects. Those administering the drugs were explicitly told that all adverse side effects they witnessed in the children were being caused by the HIV infection and not the drugs. When parents refused to consent to these barbaric trials, children's services took their kids and placed them with foster families or children's homes where participation in the trial would be assured. When the children resisted the deadly drugs, they were brought to Columbia Presbyterian Hospital, where plastic tubes were surgically inserted into their stomachs, and the deadly drugs they were trying to escape were pumped directly into their bodies. Once the children died, their bodies were added to a mass grave in Hawthorne, New York, a large pit with astroturf thrown over it. To get around the Nuremberg Code and other laws, the state of New York created a special review board comprised of the hospital stakeholders. One may wonder, other than torturing and killing innocent children, what were they trying to accomplish? They already knew of the negative side effects that these drugs were having on adults. But the more we learn about Anthony Fauci, the more we realize that he is an absolute psychopath. And it doesn't matter why psychopaths do what they do. Fauci and his criminal cohorts belong in cages at the very least. Anthony Fauci is just one old crook in a massive conspiracy that is aggressively pushing to inject everyone's children with the new deadly and debilitating mRNA experimental jabs. Whether you like it or not, going after Fauci is a drop in the bucket, but at least it's a start. For Infowars.com, this is Greg Reese. We've got 45 years of this guy being a complete and total psychopath performing these experiments, pushing these experimental drugs. I think the fact that a lot of people over the past 20 months have been really buffaloed by the fact that they want to cure so much because with the fear of the pandemic, rightfully so at the beginning, because nobody had no fucking idea of what it was going to do or what it was capable of, and it was shutting down parts of different major metropolitan areas and starting to interrupt the supply chain. And we had all these problems going on with communication with other foreign countries, uh, you know, like China and Germany and Russia. And it started causing all sorts of problems in Italy and a little bit of a flare up there in Australia. And then we had a big surge of cases here in the United States. And uh, whenever all of that was starting to kick off, the call for a vaccine um, was really brought up and, and maybe rightfully so, but nobody within the scientific community was given voice on any of these corporate news media outlets to be able to talk about the fact that the coronavirus and its many variants have been around for close to a hundred years, going all the way back to the Spanish flu. And before that major cold strains of flu strains have, uh, there's been many versions of the coronavirus and some of them, like the Hong Kong flu in 1968, killed over a million people, HRN1, hospitalized and killed um, hundreds of thousands of people. 
And, um, you know, whenever you, you look at this and listen back to what they were saying just a year ago, today is the one year anniversary, actually, of Kamala Harris saying this. If the Trump administration approves a vaccine before or after the election, should Americans take it and would you take it? If the public health professionals, if Dr. Fauci, if the doctors tell us that we should take it, I'll be the first in line to take it. Absolutely. But if Donald Trump tells us I should ta- that we should take it, I'm not taking it. So why was Fauci being propped up in this way whenever he has this kind of history that's coming to light? If you go to DuckDuckGo right now and look up Fauci animal trials, children trials, uh, these date all the way back to the early 1980s whenever he became the head of the NIA and uh, an advisor for the CDC and FDA at multiple times and and all of these national institutes of medicine and health. but he's not actually a uh, practitioner of medicine, but he does an awful lot of experimentation. And this is uh, well known at this point in time. A lot of information has been brought up, but you would think that people that are on Capitol Hill and are actually supposed to be in the know whenever it comes to something like this, they would actually, um, you know, what what this guy has done and what he is actually capable of, um, and then here's Biden exactly one year ago. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory, but I would do everything in my power. It's like I don't think masks have to be made mandatory nationwide. I'll do everything in my power as president of the United States to encourage people to do the right thing. And when they do it, demonstrate that it matters. That's why I said on my, in my inaugural speech, I'm going to ask people to commit for 100 days to wear a mask, not because I'm asking it uh, to, for any reason to punish. This is not a political issue. It's become one. But if people do it for 100 days in the middle of what will be still a raging crisis and the vaccine is able to be distributed, they're going to see deaths drop off the edge. They're going to see hundreds of thousands of people not getting sick. And my hope is they'll be then inclined to say, OK, it's worth it's worth the patriotic duty to go ahead and protect other people. Thank- so before we go go into what's going on currently, over the past year, has there been a decline in cases or a new record number uh, or a higher number than two months ago or four months ago? How many times are you hearing about that it's a higher number than it was six months ago, people being infected with COVID and the people who are hospitalized? Um they're talking about that number being higher than four months or six months or eight months ago. You hear that more on the news than you hear this clip here from, from Biden talking about, you know, if we just mask up for 100 days. Remember whenever it was only 15 days, we'll flatten the curve. 15 days, we'll flatten the curve was 20 months ago, going on 21. Here in January, we'll be two months away from it being one full year of flattening the curve, starting out with just 15 days of everybody to stay inside. And here we are, we're talking about mandating it. And, you know, if you watch what's going on in the political cycle that's not being promoted by the corporate news media, um, then you'll actually see that 10 states have upheld or uh, upheld OSHA or stayed the Biden mandate. 
Now, keep in mind, the Biden mandate is not an executive order. It was not passed in the legislation. It was actually just a fucking press release. And here we are six months later talking about it like it's uh, real news and it's something to really, really worry about. In the next two or three weeks, another 20 states are going to be talking about this. Indiana's talking about it now. Kentucky's talking about it now. Another eight states uh, this week are uh, up for vote on this, and they're going to be um, repealing any mandates that come down the come down the pike here. I think uh, on the vast majority, uh, at least, there's probably going to be a couple states who are idiots that are ruled by blue cities, or uh, you know, like Chicago or St. Louis. Those states might be fifty fifty and really too close to call, but for the most part, other other states are going to. They're going to put this through and they're going to stay these um, mandatory situations. You can't really um, fault anybody if they feel like they fall into a group. If you have one or two or more core morbidities, if you have one or two more core morbidities, you know, um, hypertension, diabetes, you've already had a stroke, you've already had cancer, you have uh, emphysema or COPD, um, you're overweight, you're over 50, you're over 60, you're over 70. All of these count as different morbidities. And on the list, there's a, a total of 23 counts, you know, be underlying reasons that a person would die. Not to mention, you know, dying in a car wreck or being struck by lightning or whatever. All of these different stories that have come out, not to laugh at the incidents, but the fact that the CDC is is going to such great extremes, and these hospital organizations, these HMOs, these big conglomerates, these big groups, they're all so well connected, and and they're plugged into the pay structure of having a COVID patient, and then having somebody who dies, testing positive for COVID, they could count that as a COVID death. Each COVID death funded by the WHO, and the uh, CDC, and all of its international bodies. Uh, along with the FDA, uh, each dead person who tests positive with COVID is worth $94,000. With all of the deaths that have been reported, which is now approaching 10 million, that's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money. You might actually have to just use your computer. I don't think the calculator on your phone or on your desktop is going to calculate that number very quickly for you. But um, we're talking trillions of dollars in overall revenue for these major healthcare groups. And uh, combined with the fact that Pfizer has profited over $39 billion since the beginning of the free COVID shot, uh, which has been stated on many different occasions that it's not even going to be effective whenever it comes to the Delta and the Omicron uh, variant. Uh, these different strains, these different versions uh, of the COVID uh, disease. Uh, it, you know, it is what it is. Some people are going to die. Some people die every year with the flu. Some people die every year with cancer. Some ple people die every year of heart attacks. And those numbers far surpass the people who have died from COVID. And we're not shutting down the infrastructure. We're not shutting down the... Uh, economic situation in the United States. We're not shutting down the job market. We're n not shutting down all those situations which have been around a lot longer than COVID-19 and they kill more every year than COVID-19 has so far. So I, I think there's a lot to look back on the, on the past year and look at how they're trying to spin and portray these situations currently. 
trying to talk more people into getting the vaccine or making people feel better about the fact that they did get the vaccine, a vaccine, even though you have all of these world sports players who are dropping down, uh, dropping dead of heart attacks. Uh, you have footballers who are dropping from heart attacks during the middle of play, guys who are 10-year professional European soccer players, far more conditioned than any person you fucking know, I promise that. And they're just dropping dead of heart attacks after getting the vaccine. In Germany, there was recently a doctor who um, brought up the fact that there is a poisonous strain of material, poisonous to the human body at least in some conditions, uh, in the vaccine itself. And shortly after announcing this, um, he was killed. Just like the six black uh, presidents, the ones of Nigeria, South Africa, of the uh, Trinidad, all of these different uh, places, all of these black presidents who refused to take part in the initial trials of the COVID vaccine, they were all dead within six months. Look it up. African presidents who died refusing vaccine treatment. So all you got to do is go on DuckDuckGo and you'll find that there's no less than nine people who died in a period of about eight months uh, because they refused to allow their country to be injected at the very beginning. <clears throat> so th this uh, keeps growing and keeps turning into a really dark and sinister kind of a plot. And if you look at different parts of it, it's it's uh, it can be really scary. But I think the more people that share information like this, the more people who, if you could just set aside your your partisan politics on whether or not it's a Trump situation or a Biden situation, and just look at the actual reality of what these fucking people have said, um, and what they are actually doing. I think that you might have an actual uh, different take on this, but um, we'll come back and we're going to talk about some local stuff here in Southern Indiana. Got uh... The purpose of fear is to call us into action, and there is plenty to be afraid of today. Half the population has lined up for an untested, deadly, and debilitating experimental injection because they were told to be afraid of an invisible asymptomatic disease. The perpetrators of all this have clearly stated their goal of having 80% of the population hooked up to an artificial intelligence hive mind in less than nine years. For those of us who have awoken from the spell, we know this is all really happening, and it's unbelievably unsettling to see. But there is only two things to do. We continue sounding the alarm because it's a numbers game. If enough people awaken from the cult spell, then we win. But even when we win, and we eventually will, the days of convenience are soon coming to an end. And so we must prepare, get up to a year's worth of storable foods, water filtration, survival gear, seeds, shortwave radios, and life-saving knowledge at InfoWarsStore.com. It's time to prepare. That you use promo code W-Y-F-B. What's your F and binge? W-Y-F-B. Whenever you go and do your order there at the InfoWars store. Coming back here real quick, just want to cover a couple of uh, national things here that we've been able to get involved in and get good response. Uh, on Opera News, they had a report from the Cleveland, uh, why the expertise of Dr. Fauci was just what our COVID-wracked country needs by John Jean Winland Porter. She's a uh, reporter there for the Clevelander. And uh, she's talking about Dr. Anthony Fauci, who has been the guiding light and guardian of public health, has been repeatedly attacked. 
and uh, coronavirus coronaviruses aren't new. They at least uh, succeeded uh, succeeded that, but they say about twenty percent of all common code strains are coronaviruses. Um, that's arguable. Some some actual scientists say that it's actually eighty percent of the ones that infect and cause problems with humans. Uh, but I wrote a report on that, or I wrote a reply on that about them talking about why the expertise of Dr. Fauci is just what our country needed. And um, that ended up getting over 220 likes and, and replies to it, a couple new followers. I do appreciate that. That's on Opera News. And then locally, uh, we have a couple of different situations going on that I've been very vocal about. We're coming up on the midterm elections. And in Vanderburg County itself, uh, we have coming up for election Nick Herman, who just had a new case come out. Uh, I'm pulling it up right now here. Um, Evansville man convicted of child seduction, arrested on child molesta molestation charges. So a little bit over a year ago, he was arrested and convicted. A year later, he's out to get himself another charge. Uh, Jer Jeremy Tudela. Uh, pled guilty multiple counts of child seduction back in 2020 after being accused of having sexual contact with one of his students at his Newburgh Soccer Academy. Was arrested uh, Wednesday on the char uh, charge of child molestation. So this is going on in southern Indiana where you're, you're talking about these kind of guys um, are getting one-year sentences, uh, four years of probation, two years of house arrest. These are people who actually molest our children and they're just getting a slap on the wrist and they're being allowed to go ahead and pass on to the next situation and go ahead and catch another charge. And it, it's just um, sickening whenever you look at that and then you look at the average drug charge. I, I know somebody here in Gibson County who got caught with a couple grams of some uh, synthetic uh weed that k2 shit that they're talking about got caught with a couple grams of that a couple grams of actual weed and they had him on tape purchasing some so they got him in a big conspiracy charge and somebody like that is getting charged 34 years where in vandenberg county sheriff wedding is having to bring in the feds to make sure that people get maxed out on these charges at least in their most recent case they have somebody who had as many as five thousand oxycontins that were laced with fentanyl and they were talking about 10 pound buys with methamphetamines and and uh, fentanyl and opioid pills in in the count of a thousand thousands and thousands there's 29 people arrested in a statewide uh, roundup by the feds uh, that Sheriff Wedding had to bring in on that. And one of the reasons he has to bring it in is because the prosecutor in his county there, Vandenberg County, Nick Herman, doesn't do a fucking thing. Whenever you're talking about somebody who does have real charges, somebody who's given somebody a drug that led to their death, or somebody who has molested a child, they don't fucking get shit, or they get one year, two years of jail time, couple years of house arrest, couple years of probation, Four or five years, instant deals. They get struck with these motherfuckers, and then they get let out to do it again, whereas somebody who is just going through what addicts fucking go through. We're not talking about somebody who got took down for 10 pounds or whatever, but this piece of shit here in Gibson County, Prosecutor Cochran, is sitting here talking about giving this guy 32 fucking years because he won't tell on other people and because they want to make 
a harsh example of people. There's a happy medium here that comes with this shit. Remember back in the late 80s and the early 90s how we told all the black people in the community, just say no, and we made fun of crackheads? Well, that community already knows what we now know, uh, we as in white people. Whenever our kids are going through this, it's a epidemic. That's what we call it now, the epidemic or the opioid crisis or the fentanyl uh, epidemic and crisis. We're going through this, but, you know, we don't tell we don't tell white kids just say no. We want to fuck them up and send them to prison for 35 years. While we let pedophiles sign instant agreements and run free. It's horrible. We're coming up for the midterm elections. This is the beginning going into the new year. We're going to talk for the next 11 or 12 months going into all of the individual areas that we're covered in and that uh, people actually receive this transmission on. We're going to talk about all the local political situations. Anybody who's been in office, somebody like the prosecutor in Vandenberg County, Nick Herman, who runs being tough on crime but lets pedophiles out to do the same thing a fucking year later after they were charged and um, also has an out-of-court settlement of $75,000 on a sexual misconduct situation within his office. Whenever I was a bartender, I served him and this chick. I've seen them together, and they're talking about settling out of court for $75,000, and then in the meantime, he's letting pedophiles fucking run loose, and it's such a bad situation where there is no equal justice going on, whether it's for a black guy being caught with possession of weed or for a white guy being caught with possession of weed and meth versus meth. You look at all these uh, different scenarios that are basically equal, but they have widely different outcomes. You have a prosecuting attorney, somebody like Herman, who has a high conviction rate, but people get convicted and let out on back on the streets within a year to do the exact same fucking thing. And people who come into the area from out of town, from Chicago, from St. Louis, from Memphis, to bring death into the uh, our local community, they don't have anything. They just sit in jail while they try to figure it out. Maybe they're running them up the flagpole and maybe they towed on people. If that's the case, okay, so be it. If there's anybody who doesn't get maximum sentences in this situation, no point will be proven. Somebody will get away with murder. And if anybody's allowed to get away with murder in this situation, then murder is what is going to continue. We have to take a stand on this. You have to get these motherfuckers out of office. Anybody who's been compromised, anybody who's been paid off, anybody who hasn't attended every single meeting they're supposed to attend, voted on every single vote that they're supposed to be eligible to vote for, everybody from the city council on up. If they've been there for more than a couple years and their track record is anything less than 100%, fucking get them out. If we do that locally, then we can also do that on the state uh, level. And with the state level, that will definitely impact what goes on within the country. Within a couple of election cycles, by 2024, we can have everything straightened out, get rid of all of these bad Republicans, all of these bad Democrats, get people in who are actually well-minded to their community, actually trying to do fucking good, not pad their pockets, not pad their friends' pockets, none of this shit. Get rid of all of it. If we don't attempt or try to do that, then what we're living with in eight years is what we deserve. 
right now is the time to take a stand and actually do something about it. So I hope everybody uh, pays a little bit of attention to that and, you know, don't take it too fucking serious. But at the end of the day, it is something to pay attention to, I think. And uh, until next time, man, this is Chris Rudder from What Your F and Binge telling you like it is. Until next time, don't get any on you.